With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Philippe Matthew Show at www.thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features best-selling authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An Internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Mindset Movement. Philippe is dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to why not, and discover the power of how. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthew Show and watch your life grow.
is staged according to every single stage of your financial life. You get in debt, you have to get out of debt. You meet somebody and you become financially intimate and you have to know what you need to know about joining love and marriage. Now that you're married, you need to buy a home. You buy a home, how do you do so? Now that you have a home, you need insurance. You need to protect everything. So how do you do that? After you do that, you need to start saving for your children's education. How do you pay for college? How about saving for your own retirement? Now, if you're going to save for your own retirement, what are you going to do? You need to know about stocks. Then you need to know about mutual funds. Then you need to know about bonds and bond funds, annuities, wills and trusts. So this is an entire journey down your own road to wealth, but this is the greatest part about this new book. Wow. This book, now that it's a New York Times bestseller, is 40% discounted. If you go on Amazon, you'll see it's $18. Oh, wow. For $18, you are getting almost 600 pages, 2,052 questions, 2,052 answers, but almost 600 pages and as of today, because it just it goes live at four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Okay. A newsletter that comes out every other month, starting this month, all the way until December of 2002. Now, if you went on my website and saw the newsletter that's up today, you will see that for seventeen eighteen dollars to get all of this book and the newsletter. And which gives you when you should buy, be buying, should you be selling, what's happening in the market, here are some good mutual funds to buy. Okay. Where are you going to do that for $17, $18? The point being, America, you no longer have an excuse saying that you can't afford good financial advice. You don't know where to go. You don't know who to turn to. You do not have an excuse. Every single person out there can afford $18. And that was why I love this book more than anything. There aren't stories in this book. There aren't is in psychology. It is question answer of every phase of your life. You will not have to buy another financial book in your life because this book will serve as a, a guide to you forever. I noticed in the introduction you say this. Uh, you say I strongly believe that the obstacles that keep us from having more and being more yes. are rooted in the emotional, psychological, and spiritual conditions. That have shaped our thoughts. Yes. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, everybody feels that money ultimately determines if you are happy or your emotional state of being. Do you have money? You're happy. Wrong. It is your emotional state of being that determines how much money you have and ultimately get to keep. Fear, shame, and anger are the three internal obstacles to wealth. Fear that you have credit card debt, you don't know what you're going to do, you just, you know, are so afraid of it, you get this paycheck, that fear rises to the emotion, you know, emotes, as emotion means it goes up to the surface, you rush out to buy something because you think you are the things that you, you know, you, you define yourself by the things that you are because you are so afraid that somebody might find out that you have credit card debt. Shame that you're 45 years of age, don't have a pot to pee in, and you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. So you go on and you spend money. Anger that you've been in this marriage for 25 years, your husband just left you powerless and penniless, and you are going to go get even at him. That's exactly what happened in the stock market. Fear and uh, hope, the two obstacles to wealth in the stock market. Why? 
You buy a stock at 25, it goes to 50, you are afraid to sell it because it might go to 75. Hope. You buy a stock at 100, it goes to 75, and you hope it will go back to 100, and now it's here at 2. Hope, emotions, rule your actions when it comes to money. Then tell me about the difference between self-worth and net worth. So the problem is, in the end, when this is all over, there is not going to be one of us, not one of us, that is able to take a penny with us. We are all going to go out empty-handed, including me. So can somebody tell me what this is all about? True wealth is that which can never diminish. So to be truly wealthy, you not only have to understand what you have, but you have to understand who you are. For when your self-worth means equally as much to you as your net worth, then you have true financial freedom. Wow. That's it in a nutshell. That's it. Now, let's talk about debt management. You talk about uh, the debt set point. I thought that was phenomenal. Yes. So every single one of us has what I named the debt set point. It's like a teeter-totter. So here your debt goes up, 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 and here you are on the other end, and you are going down, down, down. There comes a point where each and every one of us hits rock bottom, and we realize that we are in serious debt trouble. That is our debt set point, and it is at that point that we start to get out of it. But here's the problem. If you just simply work on reducing your debt without reducing the weight of your own low self-esteem, your own low self-worth, it weighs a lot. So here you are on this teeter-totter, sitting down. Remember when you were a kid and you used to do it? And once you got down there, if you weighed more than the kid that was on top, he couldn't get down. You, you stuck him up there. And even if he jumped up and down and started to come down, as soon as you just released again, he went right back up. Right. And there you were. Your lack of self-worth or low self-esteem weighs heavier within you than anything else. So you're sitting there at the bottom of the teeter-totter. If you don't work on that at the exact same time that you're working on reducing your credit, you know, your debt, what will happen is your debt will start to come down, but it will snap right back up and go even higher. So you have got to work on your self-worth along with your net worth so that when you're on the bottom, you can raise those little legs of yours and give yourself a push to go up and let your debt go down. You say working on eliminating bad debt also, also involves in working on the reasons why you got into debt. In That's right. And that has to do with why are you spending more money than you know you should be spending. Very simple. You define yourself by the things you have around you rather than who you are. You think that when other people see you, they will define you and think great thoughts of you if you are leasing a fancy car, you live in a fancy home, you're, you're wearing designer clothes, that of course are mortgaged to the department stores to the tune of 21 or 22 percent, and on and on and on. You are nothing more than financial liars because everything that you have around you is mortgaged or leased or credit card rated there, and yet everybody thinks 
that you have so much money because you look like you do, and they all want to be like you. Why is it then that people who have large amounts of debt are, are first to avoid looking at themselves? Because the reason they have that debt is because they have never looked at themselves. They don't know who they are. They would not be able to answer the question, who am I, if they asked themselves that question without defining themselves by their cars, their homes, their job title. So because they have never truly seen who they are, they and they only show people what they have, that is the reason why. Now that's fascinating because you kind of say that on page five, you said man managing debt, you say people who grew up without much money and later earn a comfortable living for sometimes spend too much to make up for what they didn't get as a as, as a child mm -hmm. without realizing what where, what their true motive is. That's right. Wow. That's right, and that's succinctly put. That's interesting. That's interesting. So you, you say it's absolutely essential that you pay uh, more than the, the minimum. minimum Yes. Why is that? For instance, all right, so here you, the credit card companies are vultures. Mm -hmm. You think they're doing you a favor when they say to you, oh, you don't have to pay your payment this month. <laughs> right. You get one month and you're so thrilled. Of course, they're charging right. you interest to not have to do that. Right. Example, $1,100 credit card debt at an 18% interest rate. You pay the minimum every single month that they require. It will take you 12 and a half years to pay it. Wow. To pay eleven hundred dollars. That's right, at the minimum monthly amount at an eighteen and a half percent interest. Rate. <laughs> oh, that's insane. You pay ten dollars more per month, period. Wow. It will reduce it from twelve and a half years to six years. Wow. That's why you have got to pay more than the minimum. The goal of the credit card companies is to get you to not pay as much as you want to because the less you pay, the longer it goes for, the longer it goes for, the more interest they make on you, and that's what they're in business to do. Wow. What what a mind job, huh? Yes. <laughs> that's, well, that's one thing you might call it. I know. I can't do it. I'll say it for you. That's the biggest blowjob I've ever seen There you in my go. Life. Thank you very much. You're okay. welcome. Good advice, Sue. That's good. There you go. Now. <laughs> but it's true. It is. It is. Now you talk the about the only problem is you don't have a financial orgasm at the end. That's it. That's the only thing. They're just kind of. Uh, it's just. It's just yeah, you there. are seriously frustrated, <laughs> and all the Viagra in the world ain't gonna help you. In this. <laughs> exactly all right. the truth. So all going right. to Florida, trying to go to Florida, getting a financial orgasm. Yes. Um, Which, by the way, <laughs> women may fake orgasms, but men do fake finances. Oh, I like that. I and think. that is the truth. <laughs> you know, Explain that a little, with a little bit more detail and clarity. Well, you know, in, in that men really have nobody to ask when it comes to money what they should be doing. They ask their next-door neighbor, their next-door neighbor got the information from his next-door neighbor, and none of them know what they're doing. And the truth is none of you are willing even to ask for directions when you are lost. So what makes any of you think that you're going to be able to ask for something when you don't understand it financially? So my favorite thing to do with men is explain something to them that is so seriously complicated and doesn't make any sense and look at them and go, does this make sense to you? And they go, absolutely. And I go, you understood everything I said perfectly. They go, absolutely. And then I would look at them and I go, all right, now explain it to your wife. 
And, and they wouldn't be able to. And she would be saying, I don't understand a thing you were saying, Susie. Okay. Get it? Got it. Yes. Now, let's talk about people and money. Why should people come before money? I know that's a dumb question, but it's in here, so I want to ask. All right. So there is a major law of money. People first, then money, then things. And the reason is people, money flows through people. Money can't do a darn thing without you. You pay for things, you write paychecks, you get the pay raise or give somebody a pay raise. So people have got to come first. But people first, then money, then things, but that's not how people live their life. They maybe live their life people first, but that's not true with women. Women care about their husbands first, their parents, their children, their next-door neighbors, their employers, their employees, and then, maybe then, they care about themselves at the age of 55 after their husband has divorced them, and now they're really angry because they never learned about anything, and now they're pissed. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's another show. You know, but most people... <laughs> care more about the things that money can buy than money itself, which is why most people have more things in their households than money in their bank accounts. And why? Because they define themselves by the things they have around them. It goes back to the credit card debt. Wow. Neat. Yes, because we say to people, this is what I do. This is what I have, not this is who I am. Wow, there's clarity for you. So now this explains why you were talking about, you know, how a, a person's background can affect their feelings about money Absolutely. and their family background. Tell me a little bit more about how, how familial issues can affect someone's uh, earning potential. Yeah, well, you know, money obviously affects each and every one of us. It's nothing more than the currency of life. And if you think about it, it is a physical manifestation of how we feel about who we are. Now, that's interesting, but what about people who are born into poverty? They're, well, ask Oprah that one. <laughs> you won't fly with me, sweetheart. I know. There were many people that were born into poverty who okay. are so seriously rich today. That's right. There are so many people who were born into serious money who are poverty-stricken today. Emotions dictate how much you have wow. and get to keep. It has nothing to do with money. Wow. I do. <laughs> now, you talk about um, joint accounts. Why do you feel that it's, um, some people feel that it's bad to have a joint account in marriage. It's not, it's, it's but you say it's essential. Yes, you should have a joint account and two individual accounts. What is the joint account for? The joint account is for all joint living expenses. Why should you have a joint account? I'll tell you why. Because it is essential that you each contribute the same percentage each month into that joint account to pay for bills. Notice, I did not say the same amount of money. I said the same percentages. So, for instance, if you have... If you make $7,000 a month, I make $3,000 a month. If our joint monthly expenses for rent, mortgage, utilities, phone, everything, is $3,000 a month. If we were to split that equally and each put in 1500 a month towards those bills, well, great. That's 50% of what I'm making. It's only 25% of what you're making. However, if we were to do it percentage-wise, which is, all right, Let's say $10,000 together, 
Between your money and my money is what we bring in. How much does that $3,000 a month make up of $10,000? 30%. So I need to put in 30% of my $3,000, or that's $900 a month. You need to put in 30% of your $7,000, or that's $2,100 per month. And now we have the $3,000 to pay our joint monthly bills. So it's percentage-wise that has to be equal, not dollar amount. What about couples? Couple, more couples than ever before living together. What yeah. kind of money management advice would you give them? I would advise them that if they are living together before they ever live together, they need to discuss who is going to pay for what, how are they going to split the money, how are they going to save, how do they want to entertain their families, how often do they want to have the families over. Because, you know, if you have one person who likes to have their six brothers and sisters every single Friday and feed them on your money that you're making, it might not hold so well. So you need to seriously have discussions. You need to have the right account set up. You need to understand um, and talk about cohabitation agreements, prenuptial agreements. What are cohabitation agreements? Cohabitation agreements are agreements of when people are not married as to if they're going to live together and purchase things together, okay. how everything would be divided. Okay, okay. Now you say some interesting things about prenups. Create a prenup after you're married? No, that would be a postnup, and not all states recognize that. Ah, okay. Tell me about prenups. You say that people's attitudes and fears about money, uh, you know, give it power and the ability to wreak havoc on, on most of the relationships. Yes. Um, how do you protect yourself from that? You protect yourself by the first signs that you are serious about somebody. You better start talking to them about money. Because if you can't talk about them with money, when you aren't that intimately involved, you are heading down the financial doomsday path. Because one out of two people who get married end up in divorce. Number one reason for divorce today is arguments over money. So you need to be able to seriously talk about every aspect of finances, how much debt you have, you know, have you been in trouble, are you a spender, are you a saver, are you a gambler, are you a tightwad, what are you when it comes to money? Um, prenups are not just for wealthy people, are they? No. So prenups, as I talk about in the book, once you have gotten married, if your spouse goes out and gets an individual credit card in his or her name, goes out and charges $20,000 worth of stuff on it, you then get in an argument, you get divorced, and they claim bankruptcy, you're legally responsible for that debt. If you had a prenup that said you're not responsible for the debt created by the spouse while you are married, and you file that with credit card companies, honey, you're off the hook. That's fascinating. Yes. How do you do that, though, in terms of the emotion? Because some people still think that a prenup is a very bad thing. And oh, well, get a life and change and grow up. <laughs> okay. You say you shouldn't share debt in marriage. <laughs> You're funny. You know that. But. Yeah, but it's true. It's like get a life. We are in the 21st century, my friends. Look at the stats. The stats say it. One out of two of you are going to get divorced, and you're going to get divorced over money. What makes you think you are so different? If you really loved one another, if you really had an understanding of what prenups really were versus 18th century values about them, 
get out of the 18th century, get into the 21st century, and understand that if you really loved somebody, you would say to them, I want you, in case we ever get divorced, to have X, Y, and Z, and I don't want you to worry about it. If you never get divorced, who cares? The prenup never comes into play. But if you do get divorced, is that the time when you're hating one another that you then want to decide what your ex-spouse is going to walk away with? Don't be a fool. And don't give me this BS that it means that I don't love you. It means I love you so much that I am going to protect you today no matter what happens tomorrow. Fascinating. Yeah, but, and that's absolutely true. So walk into the 21st century and take the power that you deserve to have and stop hiding behind 18th century values when it came to money. Interesting. Page 68, you say that um, it's how you feel. It's how you feel about money and your attitudes. Yes. So, that breakup, that, that causes friction in, in, in a marriage or in a relationship. Yes, it's true. You know, if, if you hate money, that your essence, if you're hating money, you hate yourself. Wow. Because money is nothing more than an extension of what you have created. So how can you hate it? Wow. You don't hate your furniture. You don't hate your bed. I mean, how many times do I hear people say, oh, my God, I love my bed so much. Well, God bless it. What did it take to buy the damn bed? It took money. Get a clue. Get a clue, people. Oh, Susie, you're, you're phenomenal. You know that already. Yes, I do, but okay. it's true. I mean, That's people are just though. so ridiculous. Why are people so blind to the obvious? I'm not, you know what, what really I laugh at all the time? People take me into their homes. They're showing me their artwork. They're showing me their silver collection. They're trying to impress me by, you know, having me drink out of these Lalique crystals. I mean, why even have them? Damn, they're going to break in and use them in the dishwasher. You've got to wash them by hand. Who has time to do that? I'll never understand that, but that's another story. And they show this stuff off as if they are so proud. But if you brought somebody into a home, and they had a pile of money sitting in the living room. You would think they are so crass, they are so rude, they are so vulgar. But because if you look at money in money's form, you hate it. But if you transform money into a chair, into a couch, into a silver setting, into a fancy car, we admire it. Wow. We are just simply financially numb because we're not willing to look at financial reality. When you are looking at a car, you are looking at $70,000. When you're drinking, looking at somebody's china, you're looking at a $150 place setting. But yet, somebody shows and has money, and they talk about it. it when it's in money form, people judge you. They're a show-off. They're this. Oh, give me a break. I, I like that philosophy. That makes a lot of sense. Why? Yeah, but so why is that? You know, what's wrong with all of you? Mm. And you're all making excuses because money is dirty. Money in the Bible said this. Well, please, in those days, they all walked around in loincloths as well. Armani did not design loincloths. <laughs> you know, you are not doing that. You know, I addressed the Archdiocese of New York, and they were quoting to me about what Jesus said about money. Mm -hmm. Well, please, look at the Last Supper. There was a lot of money that went in to bake all that food. And, and you know, Jesus would not be saying to you today, if he were alive, please, we all need to be poverty-stricken. And the churches operate on a lot of hats being passed every single week so that the church is continuing to operate. Right. Money is the foundation of the church, and yet you're telling me 
Right. That you ha- it's harder to pass through an eye of a needle than, you know, a rich man in heaven? Oh, please. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. No, Ridiculous. Finan- God, that rich man isn't in heaven. You know why the rich man can't go to heaven? He's got to stay down on earth to give all these religious organizations money. <laughs> That's why.
aspects of being. Downsides, should they be bitter and angry or should they get over it and get on with their lives? And so, Every, they, they have got to believe from the bottom of their heart that everything happens for the best. Mm -hmm. That there is no such thing as bad news. Mm -hmm. That maybe that is a way that they are being shown that they weren't right for that job and mm -hmm. something better is out there for them anyway. And that they just have to go on step by step by step. If the number one law of money, powerlessness repels money, power attracts money. If you become powerless in your situation, people will feel it. It is people who hire you. It is people who give you a job promotion. It is people that give you a pay raise. If you seriously need a job because you weren't financially prepared and therefore you have just been downsized, that may be my next one. And are we already at that time? We are, my dear. So um, with that said, it's that, you know, and so the next line, Mary. So it's um, that, did you get that? There we go. All right. Alright, All right, tell him I'll be right with him in two seconds. Right, so that with that said, it's that people can sense that. So you walk into this job, your, your posture is slumping, you look worried, you have the brightest resume in the world, and you don't get the job. Because somebody can sense your powerlessness. They resonate to it. Powerlessness repels them, it repels money. That's how it works. Well, Susie, I wish you the best of power. Thank you. And this book is absolute dynamite. Thank you, my dear. And I look forward to seeing you here in Chicago in two days. I will be there. And I will come up and, and uh, rear my face and say thank you again. Thanks, my dear. All right? All right. Be blessed. Be good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.